Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Wakey Bake with B-Mo, yeah. This is your chance to get in, oh, well, this is your chance to understand all the things that are going on with blackness, through blackness, by blackness, from blackness, for blackness. I am your culture correspondent, Brian Brown, but the good folks remind me to B-Mo before we even get going on to another thing. I just want to make sure we say good morning to uh, the rubber bands that hold my hair ends together, okay? The, 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 the... The coconut oil to moisturize my face. Let's say good morning to the lady of the house. Good morning, lady of the house. Good morning, sweetheart. Oh, Jordan said it's his B-Day. Good morning. Good morning, Jordan. Happy, happy birthday. Happy Would you birthday. turn 23 again? Hey, man. Uh, also want to give a huge shout out to the Rochelle podcast. Tell her this podcast. Make sure you go check us out on all social media platforms. Tell her this pod or tell her this pod.com. Also giving a shout out to the Washington former bridge, WRBridgeDC.com or at WRBridgeDC on all social media platforms. Make sure you, make sure you go check out the new blueprint newsletter happening at BMOBrown.substack.com so you can stay tuned to all the machinations that happened. And last thing that we actually published from the new blueprint newsletter was the Paul Rose and Negro of the Week last week. Want to try to get a Paul Rose and Negro of the Week out again this weekend. So excited uh, to share those things with you. We have a great show for you this morning. I believe we have some very interesting topics. Uh, this morning, we want to talk about um, this Thursday. So that means we're going to vote for our Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award. In addition to the Paul Rose and Negro of the Week Award, we're also going to talk about quite possibly my favorite topic, which is Jada Pinkett-Smith. But we're going to start this morning's conversation with, you know, a a reaffirmed reason why we do this show, sweetheart. Uh, And that is the Crown Act. Now, uh, uh, to those of you who are listening, you know, we did, or if you just tuned into the show, we did all the shout outs and stuff before. So we're just going to jump. Uh, we were having some audio issues a little earlier, so we're going to jump directly into our first topic. And the first topic is uh, the Crown Act. Uh, the Crown Act, sponsored by Dove, is a North Star for an individual like me because it is the perfect example of the marriage between a corporate organization matching with grand, no, excuse me, matching with grassroots efforts to make sure that there are social, cultural, political laws to ensure that black folks have equity in this country. And I just mean a very simple definition of equity. of Can do we belong here? Can we be here without any prudence? <laughs> without any justification of why we shouldn't be here without it. And because these poppies are directly in front of my face, I'm going to have one. Um, so sweetheart, uh, as before we even get to talking about the crown act, I want to tell the people, uh, the first time that I was, or the first time that I witnessed systemic injustice was actually in school. And by systemic injustice, I don't mean like uh, the girls didn't like me because I was dark skinned or it was weird uh, that I was the only black kid in certain classes from a student perspective. I mean from the first time that I witnessed systemic injustice from a system was the school system being systemically unjust towards me. Okay. Uh, when I was in middle school, 
as with any other middle school boy, I found myself, maybe not any other middle school boy, but in middle school, I found myself in a lot of administrative trouble. From my memory, it feels like I was in the office talking to the principal at least once a week. Uh, and how did this have an effect on my classroom learning? It didn't because I was smart. I grasped on the uh, concepts very quickly, did my homework. So I was a 3.8 student throughout all of middle school. Yeah. Uh, let me take that back. I was a 3.7 GPA student all through middle school. And so I kind of I kind of noticed sixth through eighth grade that, you know, my behavior was being scrutinized more than other individuals. But it didn't really dawn on me. It didn't really hit me until I got in trouble for I smacked this little white girl's butt, uh, which was sexual harassment. But I accepted my consequences for the time. But the school wanted to give me 20 days of out of school suspension for sexual harassment. And in the handbook of that school, it said that the maximum punishment for sexual harassment was 10 days in school suspension. Mm-hmm. Now, sweetheart, at the time in Missouri, any more than 15 days of being suspended outside of school in the public school system in Missouri at the time means that you were automatically sent to the alternative school. Okay. The alternative school is when they focus more on behavior correction mm-hmm. rather than educating the student. Right. So they wanted to give me 20 days outside of school suspension for an infraction that only counted as 10 days of in-school suspension. So my mother saw this and was like, boy, you did wrong, but I'm going to go fight for you. I'm going to be your defense attorney. And sure enough, she surveyed. She looked through all the records. uh, She asked other black parents and she created a report that basically stated that black kids in the school were being suspended at like a five, six time higher rate than other kids, all other kids at the school. And black kids at the school maybe made up 7% of the population. That's crazy. So we were accounting for a majority of the disciplinary actions that were happening at my middle school while being a very small minority of that school. Mm -hmm. Mother points that out, brings it up to the PTA PTA board meeting, assistant principals get shaken up, people losing their jobs. We move, we get the fuck up out of there. But the first time I actually witnessed systemic injustice was from the school system. Um, this school system was was creating a pathway in which they could get me out of the school system into what they thought was most appropriate for me, which was this alternative school system because my behavior needed to be corrected. I needed to be normalized. I need to know my place as a black boy was not the same place as the other 93% of the people happening at the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the first time that I witnessed it. That's the first time I saw it. And I read the report my mom did and, you know, and, and understanding statistics in eighth grade, I was like, damn, this is, this is kind of fucked up. Yeah. So with that in mind, just told you I had a three, seven, uh, uh, GPA in middle school. In middle, the middle school I went to was a blue ribbon school. It was considered the most successful middle school in all of Missouri at the time. Also, at the time, we were the top 25 middle schools on the planet. Think about that, sweetheart. No. Well, that's crazy. Um, uh, there was an award that was given to eighth graders. There's an award they tell you about in sixth grade so that you can, you know what I'm saying, make the mark, get this award. This award you get to, it's like you have a certain GPA 
Uh, you get to represent the school at the mayor's mansion. You get to ride around the limousines. They give you a cash prize and you get a priority for what classes you want to pick in high school. Right. And for my whole uh, time in middle school from sixth and seventh grade, that mark was a three six. Yeah. If you got a three six, you can represent the school. It's an academic award. You don't need nothing else. You don't need a letter or nothing. You don't need to have no sports accolades. You don't need to be in no clubs. Do you got a three six? Here's your reward. When I get to eighth grade, uh, the last quarter, they put the list because back in my day you didn't have emails, you didn't have tablets, so they pasted the list on the wall, sweetheart. And I look on the wall. And it says the governor's award. And then under the governor's award, it has the requirements, which I skim over because I'm like, oh, it's been a 3-6 this whole time. And I'm looking on the list. I don't see my name. I got a 3-7. I don't see my name on the list, sweetheart. So I'm scrolling down. I'm looking down the list because there's another black girl. Uh, there's another smart black girl in the class. Her name is Brianna. I'm looking down the list. Uh, Brianna name not on the list. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm, a look, I'm looking for Larry because me and Larry, we got... Different classes, but we got the same grades. Larry also has the three seven. So I'm looking on the list. No Larry either. Huh. The three smartest black kids with the highest GPAs is not on this list. So I look back up the list. I see the description. They have changed the requirements to you must have a three seven five. Wow. And no disciplinary actions. This is an academic award, right. but somehow the uh, requirements from this award that have been in place for the last two years, the Northern Star that I was aiming at has been changed when there has suddenly been three black kids who are supposed to be on this list. And you know what we could do about it, sweetheart? What? Nothing. The three of us, we went to our principal. We staged a walkout with the black kids. We told our parents, we told the PTA, and the school said, policy change. That's insane. <laughs> policy change. How could you be a representative of our school if you have disciplinary actions? And Brian, I see on here, you had over 100 days of disciplinary actions because I done had suspensions, I done had detentions, all of these things, one major infraction, sexual harassment in seventh grade, all these other things are talking in class, disrupting the teacher, talking in class, talking too loud in the hallway, I remember one time, uh, me and my uh, me and my other black friend, Mike Woods, saw each other in the hallway. I said, what up, my nigga, to, to Mike Woods? The teacher came out of class, wrote us up for cussing in the hallway, but didn't have the balls to put the cuss word on the damn referral. So on the referral, it says, black boy yells down the hall, hey, black boy, to another black boy. So when the, <laughs> so when the principal asked me, what did y'all do? And we read the referral, we're like, we just said hello in the hallway. And the principal looking at us like, what? Uh -huh. Y'all must have been too loud. Two days, two days of, uh, uh, of suspension, what? in school suspension. What? <laughs> I kept moving the goalposts. Of course. It's crazy. Of course. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that to say that as soon as as soon as black folks experience a little bit of social success, a little success in the systems that they have set up, what do they do, sweetheart? They change the rules. Mm -hmm. And that brings me to the Crown Act. Today, that brings me to the Crown Act. There is a 17-year-old boy. His name is Durrell George. 
from Texas. Daryl George has been suspended from his school for 31 days because of his hair. Put it up, sweetheart. Put it up. Put it up. I think it's the, it might be the first one. Of course, and I found this out through my man, Ben Crump, who was on the case. And the thing that makes it sad, excuse me, the thing that makes it sad about this whole situation, my man, um, what's the name again? Daryl George is being suspended and now is being sent to an alternative school because he has been suspended for too many days, specifically because of the style of his hair. In the student handbook of this school, I forgot the name of the school, this high school he goes to, Bitch Nigga High School, let's go with that. Uh, <laughs> at Bitch Nigga High School, there is a law, there is a, a student policy that says that boys' hair cannot be uh, uh, over a certain length. So what does my man Daryl do? Does like any other black boy, cool. If it don't need to be a certain length, baby, it ain't no thing. I put it up. It ain't on my shoulders. It ain't on my collar. I'm good. In addition to that, in Texas, they have just passed their own version of the Crown Act. The Crown Act, which states that you cannot discriminate against somebody. You cannot put rules against somebody based on the style of their hair. Go to the second slide, sweetheart, so we can read directly from. We can read directly from the law. Matter of fact, read the law for me, sweetheart. Creating a respectful and open world for natural hair. The Crown Act is a crucial step in furthering cultural diversity and acceptance on it as it sets out to protect people of color from discriminatory practices that have been entrenched in our society, particularly in schools and workplaces. Mm. The act criminalizes the targeting of hairstyles associated with race and prevents employers, educators, and oppressors from imposing stringent policies related to physical appearances. And you know what's wild, sweetheart? This progressive-ass Crown Act, this act that has been uh, uh, started by the grassroots efforts, started by black women who just looking to be themselves within the workplace. You know what's crazy about this progressive-ass act? It failed in the Senate, but it passed in Texas. <laughs> That means Texas is currently operating under the Crown Act. Yeah. So, go back to my mans. So, when the when the parent of Daryl George says to the school, this is violating the Crown Act, when the federal judge in Texas says that your policy is violating the Crown Act, you know what the school does? They change the language in the handbook to go from uh, boys can't have a certain style below their neck. Now their hair can't be a certain length below their, leg, b below their neck. Why? Because the crown neck protects style and not length. <laughs> the crazy. school changed the language to length to further keep this black boy out of school. Instead of just letting him come to school, whatever the fuck ride his hair, because I don't know. I don't know, sweetheart. Maybe ever since my hair got longer, maybe I got dumber. Maybe I can't hear as much because the hair is right here. Maybe the girl is just making too much noise for the curls in the back because my hair is long. Maybe these are the things that are preventing me from learning and not the obvious system barrier, systemic barriers of this school in Texas specifically trying to keep this one black boy out of school. they rather change the whole policy. they rather change their whole student policy rather than let this one black boy come to school with his hair up. <laughs> 
And what's crazy is because they changed the policy, it no longer violates the Crown Act. So they can keep this black boy out of school for as long as they motherfucking want to. And I know you saying, and I'm saying, go to a different school. But what if I can't go to a different school? Right. What if the school that I want to go to is too far away? What if I don't have the resources to get to that school? Now I'm forced to go to an alternative school where my education is secondary and my normalization is primary? Please. Right. So what the what? So at a certain point, it's like, what the fuck was the point of the Crown Act? These niggas been pushing legislation for like five, six years. They they got millions and millions of dollars from Dove. They have lobbied and and pushed for legislation on all fifty states. And yet, in twenty seven of them states, are still illegal for black women, black folks to wear the hair they want to. And even in the states where the Crown Act has been passed, they can simply just change the policy to go from style to length and keep your black ass out the club. Hmm. What are we supposed to do? That's why we got new blueprints. We are. That's why we got new blueprints. That's why we got new blueprints. That's why we got new blueprints. We gonna create strategies so we can get around these things. I don't know what the strategy is today. I know we a solution big podcast, but I'm looking at this young man and I'm thinking what his mother said. Like, damn, I put his hair up. <laughs> damn, I put the hair up. Let me tell you something. As a locked man, you're not cutting these off. You might as well, you might as well, you might as well try to kill me. You're not just cutting these off because I got it because of a fucking policy a school made up. Specifically to keep me out of school. Get him, Ben Crump. Sue they asses. <laughs> And also, in these situations, I feel like we need like a uh, we need like an exclusion for when he uh, uh, um, applies to college. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they're they going to see that 30 day suspension. They'll be like, damn, son, why you was suspended for 30 days? And they're going to have a conversation about his hair. And then the, the PWI is going to be like, you couldn't just cut your hairs. And the black school is going to be like, well, your grade's not high enough. And we don't know if we got enough money to let you in. We need an exclusion for this man. Get this man into college. Get this man into school. Make sure he gets the education that he needs. Matter of fact, make him a hairdresser. <laughs> get this nigga to be the hairdresser or whatever the fuck you want to be. We got any comments, sweetheart? Uh, several good mornings. Kendall said, locks looking immaculate, by the way. Oh, I appreciate you. Lay your house, hook me up with some braids. I got to record a, a music video today. You know what it is, Kendall. You know what we're doing today. Uh, Kayla says that shitty. She also Kayla? Says, yeah. Kayla! Hey, Kayla. Good morning. <laughs> she also says they kept moving the finish line. Exactly. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Natalie says, LOL, if you only knew how many awards I qualified for and never got in high school. And then she said, roast them. <laughs> I'm telling that's the first time I witnessed systemic injustice. And it's the first time, like the first time I was truly heartbroken about like you they, they teach you in school. What's funny is in seventh grade, we uh uh I played this judge in the school play who like there was like a traditional play they did every year in which the judge actually gets to make the decision well the jury members get to make the decision on if the case is guilty or not. And the case is about can't remember the very specifics, but the case is about systemic injustice, about people creating rules to keep other people outside of a certain system. And I played the judge in that um, in that in that play. And so I remember during our walkout uh, in which I threw a, a metal trash can at our 
middle school principal's car. Um, I remember during our walkout thinking like, damn, this is this is wrong. <laughs> like this is this is legit wrong. All the black kids are not being able to participate in this award because because what? Right. Because they targeted us for disciplinary action and that's that was eventually the reason why all three of us would not make it onto that uh governor's award list because we all three had uh disciplinary action now my disciplinary action was you know wild but like the disciplinary action they got brianna for us because she i think she was talking out in class or like she cussed out a substitute for cutting her off in class at one time so she had a disciplinary record she's quiet as to this day she's one of those quiet girl i know yeah but there's no way that you defeat systemic oppression, sweetheart. Well, there's a way. I just didn't know it in middle school. Uh, Kayla says, does religion override those laws? I had a homie who got out of taking the COVID vaccine for work because he signed a paper that said it was against his religion. In Texas, probably. In Texas, probably. That's just crazy, though. Okay, let's do this, sweetheart. Oh, wait, I want to say something. Oh, go ahead. Um, I'm just thinking about the fact that is this boy so dangerous that you need to change whole policies just to prevent him from going to school? And I don't mean dangerous like in the literal sense, but like, are you so threatened (laughs) by what's growing out of his head that you need to (laughs) prevent him from getting an education? Like, that's, that's just crazy to me. If I put on my my southern racist hat I believe if I could sit in the mind of the people who made the decision I think it's more so like you're not going to tell us what to do but it's it's crazy because he he abided by their policies he braided his hair up put it on his like I think that's what pissed him off more more though that's crazy it's like the we changed the policy. You knew, nigga, you knew this. I'm in the mind of the races right now. Yeah. Nigga, you know we changed the policy so you would have to cut your hair. Right. We want you to cut your hair. Yeah, don't think you can outsmart us. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you wrap it around your head, you haven't cut your hair. Right. Your hair is still longer than what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. And so I think it's more of a situation like we're not going to let this black boy and his black mama yeah. tell us mm-hmm. uh that they can do what they want. Right. Please. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I think it's more it so like, oh, you did beat the policy. And what's crazy is, you beat the policy in a way that white boys couldn't do. So if a white boy had this hair length, like it would take him forever to lock his hair up and then put it around his head to look like a crown. It would take forever for him to do that. Yeah. Years for his hair to lock up. So you create a solution that was specifically black, <laughs> and you know what's crazy he not an athlete I know he not an athlete because yeah. if he was an athlete this would not be a problem right would not be a problem at all matter of fact in that same middle school when niggas didn't make the 3-7 if you was an athlete oh you didn't get no disciplinary problems never in this principal's office of course not like you finna be the high school star <laughs> you finna be the star that's really what it's about it's control it's about control mm-hmm. it's about power yeah Bitch nigga, bitch nigga high school. Fuck y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck y'all. Said they're mad because he outsmarted them. Yeah. Exactly. And Natalie said Daryl got no allies at his school is a sad thing. Right. 
I heard the women of the fearless fund say uh, the real kicker of racism and like systemic barriers is um, proximity. Right. So like y'all black, y'all smart, y'all been in these situations. Y'all go to the, uh, well, I've been in this situation. You go to the gifted program, you go into the gifted class and somehow you find yourself, you're one of the three black folks in that class. I had a, I had a jazz band that I started in, uh, um, in Tallahassee. It was called four seven because there was four people in the band, four black dudes out of the seven black dudes of a hundred and seven person, um, uh, IB program, Mm -hmm. seven black dudes, 107 people. That's kind of wild. We had, uh, 14 black girl, uh, peers. Yeah. IB class was 107. Our actual class was like 350 people. Mm-hmm. So the other <laughs> 107 minus the 21 of us that were black, those are white kids. Yeah. The rest of the class, the rest of the 350, they are black kids. So how did we get to a class that's 271 people black, but 107 or 85 of them are white and they're in the specific program. How did that happen? <laughs> How we get a majority white program in a majority black school? Right. How? Systemic injustice. These are the first, this is the first, as I'm thinking about it, these are the first times that I'm witnessing like, wait a minute. What? Why do I go to an all black school but when I go to the gifted classes, I'm the only black kid in class? How did, wait a minute. Right. You can't make this up. Natalie up? said, y'all, the school is called Barbers Hill High School. <laughs> That's crazy. You fucking lying. Yeah. <laughs> I know you fucking lying. It's called Barbers Hill High School? That's insane. <laughs> wow. All right, y'all, with that, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> we're going to watch a little Odd Mojo Space. Make sure you check that out. Kayla, make sure you watch Space. It's a good video by my girl, Odd Mojo, Odd Mojo is an artist right here based out of the DMV. I think you know Odd Mojo. I think you know Odd Mojo. Yeah, you know Odd Mojo. Definitely check out this space situation. We'll be right back. We're going to fix some of these lights. I look super brown right now. Super I don't mind brown. it, though. We'll be right back with more Wake and Bake with BMO. And get your blunt manifestations ready, all right? It's, that, it's about that time. Hey, yo, bro. Yeah, wake up. Where's my packages? Kinda, I'm about to start writing some music. Mm-hmm. I'm in my okay, I'm having a lot of thoughts about stuff. Okay, I feel about you. You go. 
I just thought the anniversary for me and Davon is tomorrow, uh, so we may slide yeah. or I don't know. Yeah, you on that cuffy shit. I'm you know saying I'm my um, Well, let me know. Hit me up and I'll, okay. I'll pull up with you if you go. You be off your solitude vibes. I don't you know, know I'm always on my space vibes. I like my own space. You already okay. know. But I'll let you know. I might, but I'm really thinking about writing some music. Okay. You want to? Yeah, I'm going to go up because he sucks and okay. you lost my packages. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what? That's cool because that's exactly why I be eating your DoorDash. That's exactly why I eat your wow. DoorDash. Wow. 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 <laughs> Yo, babe, look, look. <laughs> Yo, do you see this? TikTok is so wild. Like. <laughs> Yo, wait, where you going, babe? Hey, where you going? Hey, hey, yo, I need some space right now. I need some space, space. Yeah, I need some space right now. I need some space, space. Yo, I need some space right now. I need some space, space. Whoa, hey, whoa, hey, yeah. I need some space right now, six feet away, get your own J, nigga. I'm smoking on a personal, ayo, oh, and this is personal, whoa. Be careful of the energy you project. Sign telling me you don't really care. Living life on the edge, nah, I don't want that near. Yo, they say, uh, they say a lot of things, but they don't really mean it. Hey, whoa, I can tell that you're fiending.
<laughs> welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's just us now, okay? It's just us. We let the people on Instagram go. It's you and I and you and I. Thank y'all for watching Space. Definitely, do you let, uh, definitely. Oh, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. Pass me a tip when, you, when you're over there. Let me get a tip. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Uh, Dick, uh, make sure y'all go check out Space by Odd Mojo on all platforms uh, that you listen to your music, you listen to your and listen to your and your music videos. My man Kendall Wake and Bake with Be My Night directed and shot the video. It looks beautiful. Still love it. Still love it. You be on your solitude vibes. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, <your> <laughs> uh, you be on your coffee shit. <laughs> wow. wow, a lot of good quotables from there. I'd love to see a Odd Mojo full episode. You know, niggas should just start <laughs> making pilots. Like this is. You know what I'm saying? Let's just make episodes of television. Who knows if it goes anywhere? We'll just make one episode. <laughs> that is my jam. You be on your solitude vibes. Okay, let's say that's her mood. A word. Yeah. We see you, Kendall. Oh, yeah. Right. My man gonna be Hype Williams out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Kayla, I don't know if you said. I don't know if you heard this, but Kendall said this is his best work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be messy. All right, y'all get y'all blunt manifestations ready. It's about the time I did not finish rolling the blunt. Um, so I right, give us some roll the blunt uh, conversation. Go, go. Yeah, what we need. Well, what's our next conversation? The next thing we want to talk about is Jada, but I don't want to get into that till we have our blunt manifestations. Or I guess you could. You, if you want to start manifesting, you can. I went first on Tuesday. Oh damn! <laughs> I can't manifest and roll at the same time. Okay. Um. Hmm, okay, I would like to manifest a safe weekend for everyone. Yeah. Cause. Oh, it is homecoming weekend. Yeah, shit's crazy right now. <laughs> also, like the prayers up to the young man who lost his life at I think it was Jackson State. What happened? It was a shooting. Yeah. Yeah, shit's crazy right now. Uh-huh. It was a like it was a it was a it was a terror shooting or was it was nigga shooting at Jackson State? I I I got to read more into it. I want to say it was nigga shooting because he was trying to break up a fight and he got shot and killed. Oh damn! Yeah, yeah. Oh, my man was trying to do the right thing. Right. Oh. I think he was an alpha too. I want to oh. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So yeah, um Oh <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what you know what I manifested on Tuesday? You remember what I manifested on Tuesday? What? We well, got strength, courage, and wisdom. But then I manifested four thousand dollars. Yeah. And look who on the line today. Who? Kayla. Oh. Ah. Uh, okay. Oh, is that? Huh? Is that who you were talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Lydia. <laughs> I guess it could apply to like a lot of creative people in my life. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Let's definitely manifest that safety. Um. Today after the show, uh, I told y'all there's a pretty big opportunity as long as I don't go fumble that bag. So today after the show, I'm gonna go have a a session about how to not fumble that bag. Uh, I was manifesting $4,000 on Tuesday uh, and I want to continue manifesting, trying to manifest that funding uh, because I feel like, and I said this on Tuesday, I feel like I have, 
let some people down. Um, and before we get to this gigantic change that's about to happen into our life in which we'll be able to to sustain some things a little differently, I just need a little something to hold people over. Uh, mostly because I don't want you niggas getting a job. Uh, and then, you know what I'm saying, we finally got the funds to fund the revolution and you your ass got to go to work. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that. Shit, this could apply to you too, sweetheart. Um, so yeah, I do, I do need some, not need some, I would like to manifest some immediate funding to hold niggas over for the projects that we do have that will be monetizable in the very near future. I just got to get niggas through Thanksgiving and Christmas. If I can get you through Thanksgiving and Christmas, then I feel like once we get to January, oh, it's on and popping. So I want to manifest that. Of course, our strength, courage, and wisdom. I try to sing it like uh, Michael McDonald. No. <laughs> I keep forgetting. <laughs> uh, we will never be the same again. Um, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm manifesting today. Not Michael McDonald, though. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get that popping on a very physical sense. Uh, and then I don't know what just why it just popped in my head, but as we look for a vehicle, sweetheart, I want to find the vehicle that I want. Okay. You know, um, I've told this story. <laughs> uh, I told this. I've told this story before, but when we got the PPP money and we got all the the uninsurance money from the pandemic, uh, I had about ten thousand dollars in my lap to go buy a car. And I had a decision. I remember I was sitting right here over this desk looking at the looking at the the Mac that you're looking at right now. And I was on Facebook Marketplace and I saw two cars that were the same price. I saw a seven thousand dollar car that would last me until forever. You know what I'm saying? A little Toyota Corolla that last me until that motherfucker blow up. Legitimately. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw right next to it was an Audi. And <laughs> which uh, reading the description of the Audi, I knew the Audi would last me about a year and a half. But I had a conversation in my head at that time. I was like, you know what? Uh, do I want the car that'll last me a long time or do I want the car that'll change niggas' impressions of me immediately? And I chose the car that'll change niggas' impressions of me immediately. The funny thing about that choice, sweetheart, I ain't want neither one of them cars. <laughs> so <laughs> I ain't want neither one of them cars. Uh, so I want, I guess that's a, a larger way of saying like, I want to manifest what I want. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I want what I want. Not what I have to settle for. Not for what I'm forced to choose between. Mm. Yeah. Alright. Mm. I might have to get on my guru shit. No, I'm not. <laughs> Fake ass niggas. Uh I knew this light was gonna take shit on this one. I knew it. All right. Kendall says it's already yours, my man. I'm gonna pray for you to seal the deal still that's my manifestation. Did I seal the deal? That's oh, kind. Wow. That's kind. Pass me the blue light on the floor, sweetheart. Pass me the boot. I can't find the other one. Is it under the? Is it under the couch? Yeah, get down there. <laughs> the lady house is bent over right now, y'all. Hey. <laughs> no, no good. Let me see. They empty. Oh, some juice in there. All right, we got one more topic we want to get through this morning, sweet, sweetheart. Uh, sweetheart and uh, the Wake and Bake will be more nights uh, as we are letting our manifestations soak in into the universe. 
I have to ask a very, uh, I have to ask a very important question, sweetheart. Okay. Why are niggas mad at Jada? <laughs> I mean, I have an answer. You want to give me your an answer now, or you want to wait to the selected answer section? I don't know. Well, I, I kind of want to give you an answer. And then <laughs> Go ahead, give me an answer now. Let's see. Then let's see if we agree or not. I think it's because she's telling all their business. That's that's what I feel like. You think that's what it is? That's what I yeah. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. I wish it was that simple. I wish niggas was like, damn, she's telling all the business. I put up the first picture, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> all right so there there are a few things i want to talk about this morning right um i want to talk about this tupac thing i want to talk about jada's actual words on herself and then i want to get to answering the question of why a nigga's mad at tupac and i'm doing all this to say that i am nominating jada pinkett smith for the paul robes and negro of the week okay i'm doing it all right First thing says, uh, uh, so the book, so the Kayla, the book came out yesterday, today, today, yesterday, like the book just came out, just came out. Let me get this blunt going. All right. First things I want to talk about. Okay. So, um, so, uh, uh, in the multiple, in the multitude of things that Jada has been talking about for the last three or four years, the one thing that seems to get always so one thing that gets social media always ablaze is whenever Jada Pinkett talks about her relationship with Tupac. Mm -hmm. And the reason why, or at least the things that I am streaming from the internet or gleaning from the people that I talk to and the conversations that come my way, the reason why individuals seem to be upset about this conversation is because they feel like Jada Pinkett is actually romantically interested in Tupac. Okay. When in actuality, uh, after listening to Jada talk about her relationship with Tupac on the interviews that she's done, and Jada has done 20 hours of interviewing. Like if you go onto YouTube right now, anybody that Jada wants to talk to or has invited Jada to talk, she's gonna talk to him. Yeah. And these are not short conversations. There is one conversation I have been working my way through is two and a half hours long. Uh, my goodness. So in these interviews, one thing that Jada talks about is her platonic love with Tupac. But there's something that's in the mind of people. I'm not even going to say niggas themselves. Something in the mind of people that does not accept folks for, does not accept platonic relationships. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think as a society, we believe that men and women can be friends. Mm -hmm. um, that may be from personal experience in which I'll put a little bit of percentage of the blame on there, but I'm actually going to put a large percentage of the blame on the lack of platonic relationship on two things on men and their lack of control of their own dicks. And then two on media's lack of portrayal of uh, beneficial, positive, beautiful versions of platonic relationships. Yeah. And we're going to get to that in a second. There is a, there is a concept not even in a second, we'll get to that right now. There is a concept in how we watch media. They call it the Disney princess uh, syndrome in which we believe that every male-female relationship must net some type of romantic partnership. And then they will be happily, 
forever together until the end of time, happily forever after, right? Mm-hmm. When in actuality, that is that does not exist in real life. Men and women are friends on a platonic level at a higher rate than men and women are friends on or or actually are on a romantic level. There are more platonic relationships happening between men and women than there are romantic relationships happening between men and women. There are benefits of a platonic relationship that do not get exposed because the benefits of a of a romantic relationship are those that are more seductive, more attractive, more lucrative, more commercially successful. We know that. Um so I, I one reason I feel like niggas is mad at Jada because they feel like Jada really wanted to be with Tupac but married Will Smith because that was a safe option. That was what she was supposed to do. That's what good girls do. She was looking out for the best option. That was the most money. It was the safest option. Safest, safest option. When in actuality, when you hear Jada talk about the relationship that they had with Tupac, if you just listened for more than 20 seconds, you will realize these niggas had no romantic chemistry and did not look at each other in that way. And I have platonic uh, friends, of course, women, which uh, when I was listening to this interview, there was a uh, Jada had dared Tupac to kiss her. And then they kissed. But then they said that the, 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 the feel, Jada said the feeling they had after the kiss was so gross. Felt like it was so inappropriate. And I thought about for a second, I thought about what if I kiss my most platonic friend? And even the thought of it made my stomach burn, bubble. Can you imagine me trying to kiss Hannah? Ugh. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gross. Ugh. Uh, and it has nothing to do with how attractive she is, with how sexy she is, whether I want to fuck or not, if I'm horny or not. It's just the thought of putting, ugh, I don't even want to say it again. <laughs> I don't even want to say it again. But putting my lips on that girl, gross. But I don't think we are prepared to have that conversation because one, we have been uh, Disney-fied by the media, then also we don't really respect women's autonomy, so it must be if she's hanging out with a man. It must be because she want to fuck, right? <laughs> That's reason number one. That's reason one number one why I think niggas is not fucking with Jada. Here's reason number two. Um, for all intents and purposes, when we look at the life of Jada Pinkett Smith, we would say that's a damn good life. She is part billionaire. She has her own television show. She is a Hollywood actress. She has been on some of the most, you can take this picture down, sweetheart. She has been on some of the most culturally important uh, black media sources. And also, whether you want to believe it or not, uh, Jada Pinkett is like the social Michelle Obama. When Jada Pinkett Smith speaks, the world listens. Yeah. And the proof is in this rollout. Every day for the last week, we have had breaking news on Jada Pinkett Smith. And I'm here to tell you that we're going to have breaking news on the Smith family till Kwanzaa. <laughs> get, go ahead, build a bridge, get over it now. We're going to have breaking news on Jada Smith until Kwanzaa. And they bring it back Red Table Talk in January, which means we going to have Jada Pinkett conversations until infinity. But I got news for you. We've been doing that. When Jada Pinkett 
went one-on-one with Eazy-E on the couch of MTV telling Eazy-E to respect black women. That was one of the first times that black America looked at Jada and said, "Uh uh-oh, she, wait a minute. She brave enough to go one-on-one with a gangster about her respect? That's some Queen Latifah shit. Who you calling a bitch? You gonna respect me? This I'm Jada Pinkett. So when we look at Jada's life, it would be fair to assume. Um, it would be fair when we look at Jada Pinkett's life. It would be fair to assume that Jada has the perfect life. But sweetheart, how many stars? Have we seen, I'm thinking of two right now to bring tears in my eye just thinking about them. Have we seen take their own life because they were unhappy? Mm-hmm. The first team, the first two that came to my mind was Jet Jackson and Robin Williams. Right. These two individuals, I man, I wanted to be Jet Jackson so bad. <laughs> oh, I wanted to, he, he got to kick it with the Beyonce. He had a hometown and he was a TV star. You talk about three things I want to do. I want to kick it with Beyonce. I want a hometown. I want to be a TV star. Robin Williams, one of the most entertaining, most funny men that we have seen growing up, most energy in life, took his own life because he was unhappy. Play the clips, sweetheart. Because when I when I hear Jada, when I'm watching the interviews, I'm hearing people talk about Will, hearing people talk about Pac, I'm hearing talk, people talk about the entanglement, I'm hearing talk about being a bad wife, but I'm, what I'm not hearing is probably the most important thing from this whole rollout, the importance of this whole book. Hit the clip, sweetheart. It's so hard to find authentic happiness in this world. Even through my journey, my 52 years, and just trying to figure out how to be authentically happy has been such an excruciating process. And one of the purposes of this book is like, if I can help in any small amount of way, you know, in any way possible to help somebody have an easier or just leave like little breadcrumbs kind of like not a blueprint because everybody's process is different, but just little breadcrumbs of how to find that for yourself Mm -hmm. because it has been really difficult for me. So thank you. Thank you. Systemic happiness. Systemic happiness. Not happiness derived from your success. Not happiness derived from the material things, from your financial success. Not happiness based on the things that happen to you in life. Systemic happiness. A few weeks ago, I was talking about how I was bored with myself. That's just another way to say I was unhappy with myself. Regardless of the successes that we have, regardless of the new things that are coming our way, regardless of whatever may be happening in my life, there is still a sense of, do I know me? Am I secure with myself? Have I figured out how to love me yet? Not, I mean, it does hit my mind, but like not, we need a new couch. That'll make me happy. 
it'll make my my tushy happy because these springs is whooping my ass, sweetheart. <laughs> but it won't be systemic happiness. So imagine, sweetheart, imagine being a person seeking systemic happiness, even outside of your own relationship. And when seeking that happiness, the world turns to you and says, you should already be happy. Mm-hmm. You already have it all. What else do you need? You need happiness too? That's how you lose a nigga. So when Jada Pickett Smith says she considered suicide at 40, after her 40th birthday party, when Will Smith threw her a surprise party and invited all the great folks of Hollywood in her big ass house as a, as a uh, uh, representation for all the successes he had, she wanted to end her life that day. Because all that doesn't really mean anything. Say it. All that stuff doesn't really mean anything. It don't, it don't mean nothing if you're really not happy within yourself, if you're not secure within yourself. And now Jada has come out and it starts uh, and is expressing it in these interviews and in this book. But instead of people celebrating her resilience and her pathways and her breadcrumbs to finding a new blueprint towards internal happiness, instead of people using that as an example of how to go forward, they'd rather just use her relationship trouble as an example of how she's a bad wife. And sweetheart, this is where, this is the crux of my theory. You want to know why niggas is really mad at Jada? Because they ain't mad at Jada. They're not really mad at Jada. You know what they are? They scared of Jada. Mm -hmm. They scared that a beautiful black woman, successful in her own right, successful as a part of a relationship, kids, big home, lots of money could say that she's still unhappy and her unhappiness has nothing to do with you as a man. Mm -hmm. That one morning she could realize within herself the things that she has accepted for tokens of happiness are not actually tokens of happiness. And that petrifies niggas that women could have their own autonomy, have their own sovereignty, be of their own mind, make their own choices, figure out who they are independently, infinitely, and live outside of this marginalized world that men, husbands have created for them. Play the next clip, sweetheart. Because as I, I don't even consider Stephen A. Smith to be a son of Samuel, but this is what niggas think. Go ahead. Jada Pinkett Smith, that's fucked up. Let's talk about the role of a wife. At least from the perspective of just sparing him. I'm not getting in the right and wrong. It's none of my business. I don't know about them. I don't want to know. But I know that it is uncomfortable and grotesquely unfair to emasculate your husband publicly. Publicly. He's Will Smith. How much smaller do you want to make him? How much? I mean, damn. Come on, Jada. This is wrong. 
You can't do this. You can't treat that man like that. It's none of our business. You screwing somebody, that's your business. Your husband ain't getting, his, ain't getting it done for you, that's your business. He was somebody else, you was somebody else, that's your business. You ain't got to be like that. Especially while you still married to him. Get a divorce, give up the money. Got a prenup? Don't take anything from him. You got skills. You got a career. It ain't his. But how much do you need? Anything to get this to stop. Every time I see Jada's Pinkett Smith talk about Will Smith, I cringe. And I have nightmares for any and every single man out there who once had a loving woman they pledged their wife, their life to only to turn around and to watch them talk about you in a fashion that can only shrivel you to this. There it is. He said the quiet part out loud. Imagine simply asking for space to find happiness so that you don't kill yourself. And the response is, how dare you embarrass your husband? <laughs> how dare you minimize your husband? Bitch, I'm talking about my life. Right. How to save my life. I love you. But this ain't about you. Sweetheart. Uh, that's my hypothesis. That's why I think niggas is mad. I think niggas is not really mad at Jada. I think they're actually scared of Jada. I think they're scared that if they allow women to express themselves, to find their own happiness, to be at peace with themselves, that somehow that'll minimize a man's role, a man's life, a man's purpose. And which, if that's the case, I got to ask you the Toni Morrison question, sweetheart. If I take that little bit of power of manhood away from you, what are you? You still good? You still strong? Are you still smart? Or is the only way a man can be a man is if women kneel? Right. Is the only way a husband can be a great husband is if women kneel? The Lord said, girl, you need to submit time. Anyway, what's the, uh, <laughs> we got any comments, sweetheart? Oh, that's not, what I was, that's not where I'm finishing. Three reasons why niggas are scared. Niggas are scared because they don't understand platonic love. They don't understand that women have the infinite capacity to love a nigga as strong romantically as non-romantically and provide support for this individual, even if the reward for that support is not pussy. Um, uh, uh, niggas are scared of Jada because they are scared of women being systemically happy because they feel like that systemic happiness might minimize them and they are saying that quiet part out loud and Jada Pinkett Smith with a bold face blonde bald hair tangerine one piece suit standing resilient in her power on book tour writing unworthy you know what's crazy at the beginning of this interview jada pinkett smith said she didn't feel like she had enough of a story to write wow. <laughs> 
I'm about to write a story about my slow haul junior year stroll team. And I feel like it's rich and in depth. But somehow Jada Pinkett feels like she didn't have a story to write. Please. So for her resiliency, sweetheart, for her boldness, as I think Kayla said a second ago, for her bad girl behavior, I would like to formally nominate Jada Pinkett Smith for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award. Do you accept my nomination? Yeah, I accept. You got any comments? You got any comments? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well. No, I'm just. I'm just taking in everything that you said, but. Yeah, I do agree. I think niggas are scared. But Petrified. It, it doesn't have to. Yeah, a woman's happiness and her decisions don't have to negatively affect you. Because it's not about you, ultimately. It's not about you. And also, Will Smith's, Will Smith's response so far has been when he read the book he had an emotional awakening he said he looked at his wife in a different way from a different perspective which makes sense because like we kind of talk about this from time to time when you live with a nigga every day when you see a nigga every day it's kind of hard to think about their whole life as like a total one thing it's kind of like always seems like it's a daily occurrence but when you get a chance to like step back and read that thing I could, if toxic niggas don't have revelations and Will Smith had a revelation, I guess he's not toxic. <laughs> but niggas are playing Will Smith for his response saying that he had emotion awakening, said that he should still divorce Jada. So here's my thing, sweetheart. As I'm approaching husbandry, right? Not that I propose. As I'm, as I'm approaching proposed husbandry, let me not assume. Um... One of my favorite conversations we've had on the show is when we were doing Lovecraft Country. Here you go, sweetheart. And I asked you if you felt marginalized. And you said, I don't know if I should tell you the answer. And I said, I'm ready, thinking that you would be like, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm a free woman. (laughs) And you said, yes, and you feel marginalized by me. I feel like the wrong thing to do, the toxic thing to do, the Stephen A. Smith thing to do would be, damn, you a bad wife. You made me feel bad. You a bad lady. You're making me feel bad. Isn't the right thing to do here? Isn't the most appropriate thing to do here? Isn't the pro partnership thing to do here to hear how your partner feels and then make adjustments from there? Yeah. You got any comments, Will? <clears throat> um, Kayla said, damn, all this, all this talking and memes about Jada in the book just hit the shelves. Wild. It just hit the shelves. Right. We ain't even got to like we ain't even got to the entanglement yet. We ain't got to the entanglement yet. We ain't got to our relationship with the kids yet. We ain't really started talking about her mama yet. We just we still at will. Kendall said best rollout ever. <laughs> For this book? Yeah. Oh yeah, I might buy it twice. <laughs> uh Polito, Jolito Holmes music mm-hmm. said go back and watch the episode of a different world with Pac. That must have been some good ass acting. Uh, laughing face 
The fact that he dared her to kiss him must be considered. They tested the threshold. Right. That's what, I mean, like, if that's if that's just your friend, like, nah, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even say, I dare you to kiss me. You know what I mean? But I don't know. And then he said, I ain't mad at her, though. Kayla said, the world has the good girl conditioning. That type of bad girl behavior isn't palatable yet. And Kendall said, if Will likes it, I love it. I would just hate to see him leave us early because he's being hurt, but can't go public with all of his thoughts and emotions like Jada can. Hmm. <clears throat> Interesting comments. I appreciate them. <laughs> and we running on time. So I'm on, I'm going to ask the lady of the house. It's time to vote for the Paul Robeson Negro of the week. This week we have had uh, I guess we could say three nominees. I'd say Jada Pinkett for her resiliency and boldness to find systemic happiness. I would say Ben Crump, the mother of Daryl George and Daryl George for testing the Crown Act. Uh, and then also on Tuesday, we nominated uh, our girl, what's her name? Miriam uh, Stokes. Miriam Stokes for... Uh, archiving the black experience in time and then digitizing that uh, digitizing those things so that we can see ourselves in time so those are our four nominees sweetheart if anybody else if any of the Wake and Bake with BMO Knights have any Paul Robeson Negro of the Week nominees definitely drop those into the comments I just saw the other day speaking of comments I just saw the other day that you have to be a, a Twitter Blue member to comment on the live videos oh really yeah wow that's crazy so if there are any other paul ropes and negro nominees i'd love to hear them or if you have a vote let's hear that vote lady of the house i want to hear your considerations and then your final vote please um we started with oh um daryl george and ben crump and his mother mm-hmm Yes, they definitely need to push back on <laughs> the revision of the Crown Act in Texas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it is 100% an injustice being done against him, and not just him, but all of Texans, all of blackness, you know? So, yeah. They should continue to fight the good fight. Okay, keep know. going. Okay. Um, Marion Stokes, that was also... An important thing for history. Um, she was a civil rights activist as well, and she was involved with the move. Move bombing, yeah. Move bombing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Out in Philly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Jada Pinkett. Yeah, it's it's a difficult thing to open yourself to public judgment, public perception, Mm -hmm. people's opinions, and then to also bring your relationship into that. It's, yeah. It takes a lot of courage, a lot of resiliency. So, yeah, it's, yeah, people have been (laughs) unfair to Jada throughout the past few years. So, yeah, I respect, I respect what she's doing. Yeah. 
Okay, we got some comments. Natalie said, Will had a memoir too. Kendall said, yeah, the rollout was not like this though. And then Natalie said, FYI, the Barbara's Hill, the Barbara's Hill School has already been sued by a different student that case pushed the Crown Act through in Texas. Fuck damn. So who's your folks, we are? I'll give it to Jada. You give it to Jada? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, I uh I connect with Jada a lot. And then I had a recent conversation with my mother. And I maybe realized the things that I'm connecting in Jada are actually the things that my mother exhibit. And I just see them in Jada. Okay. Uh and I'm saying that by proxy, this would be her second Paul Rose and they go to week award. <laughs> Um, so Jada Pinkett Smith for your resiliency and for your braveness for your boldness for your ability to tell your truth uh, and and find systemic happiness and leave those breadcrumbs for us I love how you use the word blueprint breadcrumbs lead to blueprints uh, people like me will build those blueprints so that we can find systemic happiness uh, within ourselves it might take a little while we might fight uh, face and fight public shame but still we have to be able to tell our stories and tell them Tell them boldly and tell them honestly. So we appreciate you, Jada Pinkett Smith. You are our Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award winner. Woo! It's going to be the best award you ever got. Ain't that right, sweetheart? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, as, as we also running on time, it is Thursday shows are so long. I love them. You know what time it is, though, sweetheart. It's time for the burning question for the road. Brought to you by sweetheart. What you got for me, sweetheart? Mm. What do you think the solution is when there is, I guess, pushback for things like the Crown Act? Like, I don't, I don't know if that would necessarily well. I'm not going to say it, it couldn't happen because it definitely could, but let's say it happens here. What are we supposed to do? Oh, okay. So the this pushback on the Crown Act might be a sneak peek into what's going to happen with the Fearless Fund. So at the end of the day, what's, what's interesting is happening at the, uh, was it the Barbers High School? Yeah. Uh, what's happening at Barbers? What's interesting is that Natalie just said this is their second time being sued for this type of situation, mm-hmm. uh, in which the first time they were sued was the initiation of the Crown Act, and now they have revised their student policy to skirt around the Crown Act. So now it would be interesting to see if there will be an amendment to the Crown Act to make sure that these type of skirt around situations aren't applicable. Uh, are ridiculous, don't follow the letter of the law. I would be very interested to see what the outcome of this legal lawsuit is. But that's the policy side. What are we supposed to do on the cultural side? Like, I feel like the mother styling the boy's hair around his head to skirt the the length of his hair conversation, that was a, that was a great solution. Right. Okay. But then what are we supposed to do about white folks still thinking we're not supposed to be 
in these situations. So I heard Dr. Carr talk about how the Fearless Fund got into it, got into the situation where uh, they could be sued for discrimination. And it sounded a little victim blaming, but the overall thought process was that this wouldn't happen in our proposed homeschools of the future. Mm-hmm. No kid is getting suspended because of their hair. Uh, actually, the only way you get suspended in our homeschools of the future is if you don't wear a bonnet. Well, you know we're going to be taking a nap in class. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way you could get suspended at the homeschools of the future. Uh, so there is that, you know, um, thought process of making sure that these situations don't happen in the don't happen in the future. But I don't I don't really know what else they supposed to do. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't really like. Because if it's. It's a, it's a law, right? It's a federal law, right? It's not a federal law. It's okay. a state law. Okay, okay. It's a state law. And the ju- the state judges already said that they were wrong. But they're still enforcing this suspension. That's crazy. So, I don't know. It's like just somebody is doing wrong. What's the boy just supposed to show up to school? Like, what's the, how do you break that law? <laughs> He's just supposed to force his way into class? Right. Hey, maybe, actually. Mm-hmm. Maybe he posted Little Rock Nine it. You know what I mean? Maybe he is maybe he is supposed to Ruby Bridget. Hey, actually, why isn't that happening? Damn. Maybe is it because it's not a federal law? The the uh the uh National Guard can't escort them to school? Because that's what happened with the Little Rock Nine. Yeah. That's what happened with Ruby Bridges. So why isn't the sheriff like escorting him to school? That's actually a great question. If the judge said it was wrong, why isn't the state enforcing the law? <laughs> or is the police department like, we not escorting no boy to school because of his hair? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you one thing, I want to see it. I want to see it. Right. That's the solution. We should we should call for the Texas state marshals to be escorting this boy to school. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Solved. <laughs> we, we got another one, sweetheart. Solved. All right. So, who do we call? <laughs> Somebody called. Oh, wait. We called the governor of Texas. He's not on our side. Okay. Okay. Maybe the mayor of town. No, he probably would have did it already. School board president? Damn, they probably white too, huh? Ah, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. We got any more comments before we get about his way out? Kayla says that brings up the comment about him not having allies. There has to be a group of cops who down with the shits. Yeah, exactly. They all can't be, you know. <laughs> yeah, y'all breaking the law. Right. You're breaking the law. It's about length, not style. Shut up, bitch. You're breaking the law. <laughs> length is style. What are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about? And then she said black dads, maybe. There was a group of black dads. Where was it? I think it was in Louisiana. And they were like showing up to school every day and basically just like 
providing positive reinforcement for the kids and like encouraging them, you know, standing in between classes and they had like shirts and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, it's Mr. Jones. Keep going, Ricky. <laughs> uh when I was when I was in Mississippi, the pastor of the church of the black church would come to the school like every other day. Oh well. He kick it with the principal. He hang in the lunchroom. Hang out in the hallway. He would do exactly what you was talking about. He would just be. He would yeah. just be there. Yeah. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> it wasn't even weird. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah, right. And then Kendall said, "Bring back the Black Panthers." Yeah, definitely that. Mm-hmm. They did come back. This was Neo Black Panthers. I don't yeah. know if they're doing that though. Right. Yeah, escort that baby into school. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. He all right, swear. Huh? He almost done. Isn't he seventeen? Yeah, Junior. Right. Yeah, junior year. He missed the first thirty-one days of school. That's crazy. That's crazy. We supposed to be about teaching and learning. Right. And I haven't been to school because of my hair. Come on now. That's. It's even worse because it's like at most that should be detention. Trying to mess up his future because. (laughs) Come on now. Because of what grows out of my scalp. Right. Mm, 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 Mm-mm. All right, sweetheart. You know where the people can find us. Where can they find us, sweetheart? Uh, right here on YouTube, Instagram, uh, all social media platforms. They can check out the new blueprint newsletter on Substack. Yeah, go to that. Where else? Um, check out the new blueprint podcast, the Blue Notes podcast. Mm-hmm. Blue Notes podcast. Mm-hmm. Right there. Yeah, and what else? What else we got going on? We shoot a music video today. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't load it up. I'm saying, should we let the people hear the song? But I didn't load it up. Don't worry about it. You said no. No. <laughs> you said no. <laughs> all right, y'all. We'll see y'all on Tuesday. Thank y'all for joining us. Uh, listen to my man Detroit Rivers, Black Boy Joy, before you go. Have a little Black Boy Joy before you leave. Enjoy your homecoming. Be safe if you in D.C. Say <laughs> peace. Good morning. Hold on tight. Don't let this feeling slip away. Yes, it is. Happy feelings. Break a babble in your mind. Don't be amazed. Find yourself. Learn your joys and pain. Live your voice and sing. The sounds in your heart. Don't you worry about a thing. And don't forget your lyrics. This is a reminder of joy. Every time you hear it. Just know that you're this joy. Smile. You can wear it. Contagious. Won't you share it?
Black boy joy through all the pain. Black boy joy say it again. One more time, get this black boy joy up on your brain. Let this black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy get up again. Black boy joy through all the pain. Black boy joy say it again. For us, it's easier to go to jail than to go to college. Rather us be entertainers than be getting knowledge. They funded our own genocide. The word is power. Killing niggas in every song. I think it's coward. Easier to act tough when you and down because the world incriminates us. Cause we in down. Are we afraid of our own kind? And it's really wild. I think they got us backwards, but I figured out it's easier to fit in than it is to stand out. So I'm black boy joy when I'm cruising around. And I'm black boy joy. Joy fresh hitting the town, and I'm black boy joy dancing, cleaning the house, and I'm black boy joy when I go for a hike. Been black boy joy since I was riding a bike. My son black boy joy, and that's crazy to me. I was miserable growing up, I really hated it, G. But the world is much bigger than I was able to see. So get this black boy joy up on your brain. This black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy get up again, and black boy joy through all the pain, and black boy joy say it again one more time. Get this black boy joy upon your brain. Let this black boy joy get you some game. Black boy joy get up again. Black boy joy through all the pain. Black boy joy say it again. Smile.